Um, thanks everyone for coming. Um, I have a feeling, actually I know a lot of people are going to be showing up a little later. Um, as Kenya's mom let us know, the traffic is back. So uh, people are going to be showing up a little late. Yeah, that's all right. That's all right. You want to move this stuff so it's like not in the way. Yeah. Yeah, we got like all these beverages because we're queer and that's what we do, I guess. Um, Drink a lot of beverages. Yeah, but like not variety options. Right. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, so we are doing hooligan hangouts tonight. Um, I'm Rivka Yecker, and this is a Kenya. Um, Hello. So I run a magazine called Hooligan Mag with Morgan Martinez, who's right there. Um, and we started a series when the pandemic started called Hooligan Hangouts. Um, which was basically in response to like not having in real life community anymore. And so uh, we, and we just were like, I don't even know, it was like super reactionary. I was like, we need to do something. Um, so we started having like Instagram lives where um, artists, musicians and poets would come on and perform. Um, we would talk for a little bit, they would perform and then they would give us uh, an organization to donate to. So we did that for eight weeks straight. Um, and that was kind of like the beginning of Hooligan Hangouts, and now we're here. And the inspiration for this was also like kind of like TRL, MTV, like sitting down, hanging out, talking, and then right, and then having some music, some some lovely music. And then um, Akenya is also an astrologist, astrologer. Honestly, I say astrologer, but I believe either is fine. Okay. <laughs> this all semantics. The, the, right. the, you study this astrology. That's correct. Right. right. Yes. <laughs> yes. So uh, basically, um, that's what's that's going to be the run of show. We're going to chat for a little bit. You're going to learn a little bit more about Akenya. Um, Akenya is going to play us some incredibly beautiful tunes. Um, and then we will get into astrology. And what we're going to do during the astrology portion is we actually took three people in this crowd, this very crowd, um, their birth dates, um, and Akenya's going to read them. So Briefly, right? Just a sneak peek. I've never seen these charts before. It's a bit of a parlor trick, but it's, you know. A little magic. Yeah. In yeah. the house tonight. But it will be, you know, nuanced and detailed, although condensed, because we'll only have time to do talk for like 10 minutes. And usually when I do a birth reading for someone, it's an hour. So we don't have three hours for three people. But so. you know, when you do have three hours is when someone hires you. Right. <laughs> that is right. So you can hire again. <laughs> so if you if you like what you see, you know you can book me, and I can, um, yeah, tell you things about yourself that maybe you need a little clarity on, or need affirmation on, or um, you know might need some navigation. Uh, help navigating. Yeah. yeah, I've had a reading. I mean, you always read me. You just like continue just like every day of my life. You just yeah. read me. So, but <laughs> it's actually, yeah, I don't have a friend who's an astrologer. Uh, I'm joking. I'm joking. Joking. It's actually one of the most incredible. I don't read you in a cruel no, way. No, you actually, it's incredible. But every time it's like we have a therapy session. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um. But first, I also, I mean, I want to talk a little bit more about, you have a record, a debut record coming out. Um, yeah, it's very exciting, very exciting, because it's been in the works for a long time. And I want to hype you up for a second. Let me hype, <laughs> let me hype her up. So, Akenya's been on No Name's Tiny Desk. Um, yeah, she's been, she's done work with Chance the Rapper, with Saba. You literally went to Nashville to record in Haley Williams from Paramore Studio. <laughs> that's crazy like you've done all this stuff like you've like I think people don't realize it she also this summer <laughs> so th this summer a Kenya I don't know if y'all heard of slow-mo um it's a queer dance night in Chicago right um and a Kenya put on the one of the most incredible performances shows I've ever seen in my life oh my god like it was it was it was uh what was it the music of the divas through the decades divas through the decades and you had you led an entire band, 25. 
25. It was not 25 people. <laughs> mom. Me and her mom. It, like, it was 18 people. <laughs> I counted. I'm right there with you, Vanessa. We counted oh, 25. <laughs> but so many people. You led the whole band. And y'all did music from the 60s, the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, the 1000s, the 2010s. We did. <laughs> Through the decades. Yeah, that as honestly, literally as possible. That might genuinely and as you so beautifully laid out, I've I've you know, I've had a long career, I've done a lot of things, um, but that might be the craziest thing I've ever done in my life. Like honestly. Well, it was a Millennium Park. Let me clarify. It was a Millennium Park. Yeah, it was the Pritzker Pavilion stage and we learned 37 songs in three weeks. What was your top three favorite songs on that? I really enjoyed the house medley because yes. it's Chicago. Chicago. You know, Got to represent. Right. Um, I really like doing It's Not Right, But It's Okay by Whitney Houston. I, <laughs> I watch the video of you doing that sometimes just like to feel better. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, oh. that was that was oh. a dream come true, and um, I feel like well, starting with the seventies, the seventies is just one of the best eras for music ever. Mm -hmm. So period, everything slapped, especially the disco. Don't challenge that. Like, like. Do, it's I mean, genuinely, and I listen to a lot of music from a lot of countries and a lot of centuries, and I stand by that. American music in the seventies is top notch. Um, so yeah, that was amazing to, to get to do that, to get to do those classics. But yeah, it was a huge undertaking and I want it to be known on the record publicly that we never, and this has never happened to me either in my career out of the, I don't even know, maybe over a thousand shows I've done so far. We never had a full run through. Wow. We were supposed to have a run through with everyone, all 18 people the night before and the freaking rehearsal space, like the power went out. So <laughs> that derailed everything. And then it was the first show back like in Millennium Park since the pandemic. So getting the sound going was also an interesting thing. So the first time we ran the show was the performance. Oh my God. So, you know, people coming up to me afterward, they're like, oh my God, that was amazing. And I, I literally, the you whole, blacked out. the whole time I was performing, I was just like, please don't let anything fall apart. Please don't let anything be a train wreck. Like that is literally all I could think. And all I remember when I was walking off the stage was, okay, at least nothing totally fell apart. That was that was it. That's what I thought about the show. I was like, at least it was, you know, it was presentable. Isn't that the funniest thing? It's <laughs> and like, then people were like, that was the most, the most I, epic thing. I ran into people. I saw someone in Wisconsin like a month later who was at that show. And then I went to L.A. like in November. And there were a couple people there who were oh at the show. God. I'm like, this show is like an urban legend. It literally is. <laughs> like, if, if you didn't go, I'm so sorry. Because it was genuinely one of the most amazing things. Thank you. Oh, yeah. It was like. I think ugh, it's so interesting like when you're the artist and you're the person behind the scenes like on the back end of things all you're thinking about is like oh my god this has to be perfect this has to be good and then afterwards everyone's like what are you talking about that was fucking amazing like Shit. what I didn't even notice you were stressed what yeah. and you're like you have no idea I threw up three times before like <laughs> right, you know right, like right right, right. It's exactly it's like, exactly yeah, you get it. I get it. Oh, yeah, I'm crazy when it comes to any kind of big production. I'm like, Morgan knows we used to run huge events and you've played at two of those events. Yeah. Our big hooligan events. I would literally like not eat all day, like so stressed out. Do so you remember running to get the chicken? Oh, my God. Wait, we got to tell you this story. <laughs> OK, quick story. We had a moment once. So a couple years ago, at one of the hooligan events. So Kenya's like gluten free, has all these, you know, food sensitivities. I have same chronic illness, like food sensitivity stuff. And I made sure that there would be food for a Kenyan eye, right? I'm like, okay, gluten-free, make sure there's going to be these, whatever, these options. Day of, I also don't eat pork. You don't eat pork either. And no. we get there and they're like, all right, uh, it's gluten-free, but there's pork. And I'm like, fuck. And so I'm like, what are we going to do? We have like a Kenya's, we have this 10 hour day. We have musicians like lined up every hour, like ready to go. And you get there and I'm like, okay, I'm going to put you in an Uber. You're going to go to Whole Foods and here's my card or whatever. And just buy whatever you think yes. is going to be. And you come back with a whole ass rotisserie chicken. I sure did. <laughs> I 
I sure did. And we're eating the rotisserie chicken. That's like, it. No sides. No, no utensils. Sides, straight up. Like. <laughs> and I mean, <laughs> what is going to slap harder when you're starving? You get, you go get the rotisserie chicken. You get the rotisserie chicken. Yeah, it was, and we're just like, 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 no forks, no knives, just no. full, just like just chicken, meat. the wing, like in my hand, like, oh, you know, like, yeah. we gotta go on stage. There's like two minutes till I'm you gotta perform. That You're still picking chicken out of your yeah. teeth. It's yes. yeah, it's perfect. Medieval a little bit. I'm down. Very extremely okay. actually. No, it was perfect. <laughs> it was great. So. I want to talk more about this new record, though, because because you've done so many of these, like you've featured on songs, you've helped people, you've like been a supporting role, you've led these things that are urban legends, right? <laughs> but now you're actually recording something and making it tangible. Like I want to hear about this, like what it's been like, because I I know it's been hard. It's been hell. It's been hell. Um, yeah, I set out to make a full length record when I graduated college in 2014. I just aged myself a little bit there. But um yeah, so I I started I started there, you know, I had a vision and I, I attempted to do some recording sessions. They didn't really work out the way I thought they were going to. And then, you know, then I kind of took a different direction in terms of how I wanted to do the production and a different direction sonically. And so I would say I genuinely started writing songs that will be on the album in 2015 mm -hmm. so it's still been what is that six seven seven years in the making <laughs> nah. and you know in between that there was a lot of working for other people to try to support myself being diagnosed with chronic Lyme dealing with you know incredible pain and fatigue dealing with not having you know the financial security I wanted like you know, a lot of things, heartbreak, um, existentialism, you know, a spiritual awakening, the ego breakdown, all of that fun stuff, which will be on the record. So, um, what a good fucking record already. <laughs> like, that's, sign me I up. feel like it's taken so long because I guess I just had to do some living, mm, yeah. you know, for it to be what it's meant to be. Um, but it's definitely getting to it's like getting to into the final stages, which is surreal. Um, and I think definitely by next year it should be out. Um, but we're going to get a sneak peek. Tonight. Yeah. A little sneak peek. Oh, sneak. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be so good. Morgan, give me a time. All right. Anything else you want? Normally we could discuss? talk for so long. We could. Yeah, it's really Libra's on a stage. but I, the, That's why you keep checking in on the time to make sure that we don't go over. Oh, yeah, because the reality is is that we, we have an early slot tonight. Thank you all for being here. I know it's, yeah. I know, but um, but we want to make sure we're on time and getting things rolling. I've also never done anything like this. I'm glad, because this yeah. is, is kind of the direction we're going into, like, just shooting the shit, you know, like, hanging out, making it intimate, you know, and, like, you're going to perform some stripped-down songs, and it's going to be great. Um, yeah, I mean, so it's interesting, though, because we were talking the other day about the music industry and like you were talking about the different legs that you're on that feel like they're not you're not really quite supported. Mm -hmm. And you've been doing this on your own, like mm -hmm. you haven't had support. And we were just talking about how hard it is to be an independent artist who doesn't want to give away your soul to yeah, the industry sure. because you're not actually going to get the rest reciprocity you want back absolutely right absolutely so how's that been like it's been difficult you know i feel like um i grew up in a time where i was watching pop stars and you know the r&b girl groups and all kinds of stuff and and I think for a long time I thought that's what i wanted because i feel like that's what you're conditioned to want yep. and um as I got older and started being more involved in the industry, I was like, man, this is this is really bad. Like people don't even know, like a lot of your faves are broke or like do not have creative control, like straight up. Like the music industry is, it's actually kind of unbelievable how bad it still is. 
And I feel like people really don't get that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, I I know I'm not willing to give up creative control and I'm not willing to give up the rights to the stuff that I made um, to anyone for really any amount of time, but certainly not for a lifetime, which mm-hmm. is what a lot of them expect. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm doing this on my own. I actually am going to, I got a grant, a small grant for, um, the album and I'm going to also do a Kickstarter soon, um, to help, you know, raise funds for everything else, because it's not just recording the music, it's mixing it, mastering it, distributing it, getting the art wrote artwork getting the right PR you know it's it's thousands and thousands of dollars so be on the lookout for that I'm I want to launch that in the next week um and I'm really excited for that because I feel like once the financial aspect is no longer really you know holding me back it's still going to be difficult it's still going to take a lot of work but that prevents so many people from being able to release to the level that they want to release and being able to you know get their art really hurt in the way it deserves to be heard so yeah yeah. no you're spot on and it's like so sad and disillusioning but then it's also like there's like pockets of moments it's one one of those things where like you have all these famous poets or musicians or artists and I remember I had a poetry professor once be like you know your favorite poet you might have never heard of them because the reality is is they might have work they're writing scribbling in their journal and you'll never know that's true. Yeah, and it's like the sad reality of like who gets. But you're gonna get known. I swear to God, the minute this album drops, oh my God, y'all are gonna be like, I saw Kenya once at the hideout, and everyone's <laughs> gonna be like, so. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, enough of that. I'm gonna get you. You, you should start playing some music. Yeah. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna Is it time for music? I think you it's guys time. Yeah, it's time for music. Yeah. All right. Hello, hello. Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. So. Since this is so intimate, and I feel like I already was a little vulnerable about some of the things that inspired um, the content on the album, we're gonna uh, we're gonna we're gonna get deep and, and personal for a minute. Um, so this first thing I'm gonna do is called "It Never Dies," um, one of the more personal things I've ever written. Um, I have a complicated relationship with this song. <laughs> um, I, I, I love it, but it is one of those that, you know, every time I sing it, I'm like, oh, damn, I just kind of re-experienced what inspired me to write it. So I hope you all enjoy it. And um, yeah, this is It Never Dies. Try and cut the cord, sever ties, burn the rope, Roll the dice, snake eyes, scorpion bites, past life, shuffle the deck twice, try and cut the cord, sabotage, twin flame eyes, now cold as ice, I burn the rope, try to give up hope, turn my back twice. Yeah, try and cut the cord, sever the ties, burn the rope, roll the dice, snake eyes, scorpion bites, past life, shuffle the deck twice, try and cut the cord, sever ties, twin flame eyes, now cold as ice, I burn the rope, try to give up hope, turn my back twice, but it never dies, it never dies, it never dies, it never dies. It never dies, it never dies, it never dies, it never dies, it never dies. I know a soulmate when I see one, and I know when fate made me to meet one. Lessons I've learned are bittersweet ones, mostly. be one three times we stood face to face but she really wouldn't keep my pace no she really couldn't bear my gaze when i tried to engage she would step away then step right back in the maze 
she knew love was a blaze in my heart for her. She was infatuated with my intoxication But refused to reciprocate it So I got the cord, sabotage, burn the rope, roll the dice Snake eyes, love, sex, lies from past lives Shuffle the deck twice, try and cut the cord, sabotage Scorpion eyes, so scorned inside I broke the chain, tried to heal the pain Turn my back twice, it never dies, 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 never dies, it never dies. I knew no end to this connection where she seemed to begin. I saw my reflection. My love, my friend, my deep obsession. Two years of heaven and hell, yeah. but she really couldn't leave myself. None. I touch her smile, how she smells, every fine detail I could not repel. No, no, I tried to let tension quell. But something inside me fell so apart when a sweet voice began to yell. She didn't take well when I decided to break the spell. When I got the gun, never dies, burn the road, roll the dice, snake eyes, comic bites from former lives. I better shuffle the deck twice, cut the cord, never dies. Try since the dawn of time, but we never get it right. I pulled the blood. She was my drunk deep inside Never dies, it never dies It never dies, it never dies It never dies It never dies, it never dies It never dies, it never dies Never dies, never dies It never dies, it never dies Trying to make amends Remain friends, recompense, absolve all sins, start again, renewed but when the wheel of fortune spins, neither one of us wins, and the love transcends, and never ends, so we say goodbye, never dies, never dies, and never dies, no. Thanks. Um, we're going to keep it, you know, deep, but 
upbeat. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Um, this one's Sorrow Song. This is um, one of my mom's faves. And then you all let me know if we have time for another, but I'm down to let this one be my. Plight. The added stress of my sickness prevents this darkness from reaching light. Oh, my head can help us spin. Pain invades me limb by limb. Someone fill my lungs with, with some my suffering. single I put out um, because I think some of you know it um, and that's Decay.
a second. performed the first well I haven't performed the second one in that iteration ever yeah um and I haven't performed the first one that much I performed a gay a lot though so yeah. you know it felt nice to end with something I'm familiar with but yeah that's a song that hooked me yeah mm -hmm. 
Well, because Kenya is so multifaceted, we're going to go into our astrology portion of the evening. Yes, yes. Um, we had three brave volunteers offer up their birth dates. It's exciting stuff. Also, when a Kenya pulls the chart up, it's like, it's not like your co-star chart or whatever. It's like, it's like this whole ass, like. Uh, yeah, it's got some, it's thing. got some things going on. Wish we could project it. I mean, that's fine. <laughs> oh, do we have projector options? We do, but I didn't really coordinate it ahead of time, so I think no. No, that's not <laughs> happening. Yeah, that that's not very anonymous to like project someone's chart. Right. Here's everything screen. about you: where you were born, okay. uh, when you were born, the exact time you were born. Okay, so I'm gonna just um, plug in the data really quick, and then what I'll do is I'll just say where the person was born and you'll know it's you. You can raise your hand if you want to be known or not, I guess. <laughs> I kind of, I feel like I want to know. The thing I love about doing readings is I love to get feedback from people. You know, I, I love to make it feel like a conversation. So, all right. You've never seen me do this. No, I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> what is this? Okay. We got a person who was born in Trujillo Alto, Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico. Karina. I heard somebody say that's me. Karina. I don't know if it's with the cool glasses. <laughs> it's on. Yeah, it's oh, on. Okay. All right, we got Karina. That's our first victim. Stop, not victim. I'm joking. It's all a joke, all right? Um, okay, give me a second to just process what I'm seeing. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I just tend to do that. I tend to uh, process out loud. I won't. Go on your face. You can't hide it. <laughs> Karina, can I say some things to you? Of course. <laughs> uh, first of all, um, we are b actually... The three of us are Libra Sun Cap Rising, so I to see it. I I, uh, I know the I know the struggle. <laughs> um, so uh, you were born actually um, during a, a time. So in the late '80s to early '90s, there was what we would call a stellium of Capricorn placements. So that means that many things were in Capricorn. And um, this really has a lot to do with uh, being a marker for the millennial generation, specifically the Neptune-Uranus conjunction. It's very rare. It happens once every, oh, 170 something years. It, it, it does not happen very often. And so um, this is a big, this is a big deal. Um, so, you know, the, the generational elements are very personalized for you because that's on your ascendant. And on top of that, you also have North Node and Capricorn also on your ascendant. Um, and you have Saturn in your first house. So, you know, just that alone, when I see these kinds of placements, we tend to see someone who early on had some kind of understanding of what it was to be responsible. There's, a, there's an inherent maturity that comes with these kinds of placements. Um, oftentimes, there were responsibilities that you might have had to take on early on that, you know, other young people wouldn't necessarily take on, or there's a kind of mature lens that you have, or um, even just a way of showing up or presenting yourself um, that people, you know, they will, they'll take you to be serious, um, or, you know, they'll, they'll believe that, you know, you are someone who has the potential to lead um, and, and take on those kinds of powerful positions, whether you feel that way or not. Now, there actually are a few things in your chart that gear you toward being somebody who would be in some kind of leadership role or in some kind of field or career of, um, you know, power where you have to, you know, kind of deal with the public, um, especially with having Mars on the midheaven. There's a lot of drive to achieve a legacy. Um, but also with these kinds of energies, you know, sometimes you, you'll feel like you're working really hard, working, 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 and it can take a long time to feel like that reward mm -hmm. comes to, like, is going to come to the fruition. Things you'll see with heavy Capricorn placements, especially 
on the ascendant is the theme of delayed gratification or the, the theme of having to work for a really, really long time before you see that payoff. And especially for you because you have Mars on the midheaven squaring a lot of this Capricorn energy, it can feel like sometimes the actions that you're trying to take, society or the powers that be or infrastructures or those authority structures um, are you know, trying to negate what you're trying to do. And so it can feel like, you know, it can feel like there's a lot of resistance. Um, right off the bat, it seems like you have the potential to maybe do something creative for a living, actually. Um, the cusp of the sixth house is Gemini, which is common in people who either do something that involves communication, um, community leadership, sometimes teaching, writing is big. Um, but this Mercury is in Libra, um, which you know has the potential to maybe be doing something that's either creative or artistic, or maybe even something that has to do with facilitating community. Um, yeah, is that is that that checks? Yeah, that checks. <laughs> Uh, has has any, what I've said so far resonated for the most part? Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, I won't get into. Yeah, there are some things I won't get into because <laughs> because, because uh, you know this is a, a public space. But you can read me. It's okay. I give you permission. Yeah. Okay. So. Um, you, okay. So this moon, you know. Um, has some things going on. Are you aware? Don't I know it. <laughs> um, Moon and Leo conjunct Chiron. That's always tough. That's the, that is the hallmark of everyone expects me to meet their needs, but nobody is meeting my needs. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, God. Um, and... <laughs> shit, I got so flustered. <laughs> Not my non-alcoholic beverage. Um, and sometimes it's even difficult for me to identify what my needs are or to feel like I um, deserve to have my, my needs met. Um, and this is really tough considering that you also have moon square Pluto. Um, Aries rule in the fourth house. So, you know, there may have certainly been messaging that you got early on in your childhood um, that, you know, it's sometimes when I see these kinds of aspects, the parents themselves weren't able to meet the child's needs um, or, you know, the child's needs just, you know, weren't, they weren't efficiently being met. Um, and so this can carry on into adulthood, especially, you know, this moon is in the seventh house. The Chiron's in the seventh. Actually, it's actually on the cusp of the eighth. Both are difficult. I mean, you, you typically see, you know, difficulty with the mother in particular, um, but difficulty kind of in the upbringing oh, yeah. in, oh, yeah. in particular. Um, and so this particular configuration can really generate a savior behavior. Um, and so I would just say, you know, a piece of advice is like, Please make sure that you're prioritizing your needs. Speak up about your needs. Communicate about what it is that you need to feel safe, comforted, secure. And it's okay to be there for other people, but not at the expense of yourself. Um, oh. So, yeah. You hear that, Thank Karina? Thank you so much. You're, you're so welcome. Um, yeah, that's just a little sneak peek, but I hope that was, yeah, I hope that was helpful. Woo, give it up for Karina. Wow. Okay. Who is next? Who is next? Who's next? Oh, <laughs> I accidentally closed the window. That's okay. The data, oh, no. the data saved. Oh, good. It's saved. Astro.com. Pretty straightforward. Uh, it is. It is. Astro.com. Our next person was born in Iowa City. Oh. That's you. Okay. Give me a sec. What? What's your name? I'm Kendra. Kendra. Oh, our names are kind of similar. A Kenya Kendra? People used to call me a Kendra a lot because, you know. Um, people are silly. People are lazy. Yeah. They see something slightly different and they're just like, I'm not going to try to pronounce that correctly. Um, okay. Accurate. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. What we got? Oh. Ooh. Good start. <laughs> Family, 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 family. All right. Um, yeah, that's a packed fourth house. That's a, that's a pack. Oh, 
Okay. Just, sorry. Uh, it's hard for me to not process out loud. You're fine. I'm usually alone. I'm usually like, hmm, what am I going to say to this person? Goddess has a sense of humor. Did you say goddess has yeah, a sense of humor? Yeah, the goddess has a sense of humor <laughs> when it comes to my life. Uh, as long as you know. I'm, I'm aware. Ki- I kid, I kid, I kid, I kid. Sorry, guys. I have Mercury and Scorpio, okay? It just comes out. Um, all right. So do you know your big three? Remind me. So you're a Leo son. Obviously, I, I think you know that. Yes. You, you really are a Leo, too. Um, yes. <laughs> Gemini Ascendant. Um, and chart ruler is in Leo, again. So, yes. And um, Moon in Capricorn. So actually, some of, the, some of the things I said to Karina, you might resonate with on an internal level, actually. Um, moon in Capricorn is also because you were born in yeah 91 so you've got moon uranus neptune north node all in capricorn my god my god my god um yeah so when moon comes through capricorn and i'm gonna start there because that one is a is a fascinating one that i see i see a lot I, i have a lot of capricorn moon friends in my life actually and um when moon is coming through a sign that's governed by saturn there, diff- there tends to be um, kind of themes of perceived emotional invulnerability. Now, this may not actually be true, but in terms of um, how you know you process your own emotions and how you uh, communicate those emotions, sometimes it can feel like there's a a, a wall. Accurate. Um, This is emphasized because you have moon in the eighth house. So whatever is in the eighth house, we we hide. It's not like the twelfth house, which is what's hidden from us. That's the house of the unconscious realm. The eighth house is the Scorpio house, and so this has to do with you know what we keep secret, what we keep private, what we repress, what we bury. Oftentimes, whatever we're putting in that eighth house, the messaging was that we could not show that that wasn't appropriate. It needed to stay hidden. And so the beauty about what can come when we go into that eighth house, first of all, it makes us very intuitive, very perceptive, makes us very deep. Um, There's a depth of feeling and an intensity of feeling, but it's difficult to um, present it in an overt way. The, the feelings become more covert. But the beauty of what happens is when we go into that eighth house and we lean into that house of mystery and we you know, d- dig up those things, whatever we repress that becomes, and, and bury, that becomes treasure when we dig it up, right? Um, so you know, discovering your, the value, the, the, you going through the journey of discovering the value of your own internal and emotional power is uh, a big lesson for you with this particular placement um sun jupiter conjunction love that conjunction actually in a chart where things can be a little bit more heavy it does provide a levity there is a sense of humor that you're able to really have with this with this placement um even though you know all of this leo's in the fourth house which is also you know that's the cancer house that's that's an, another water house so there's a there's a lot of depth of feeling there's a lot of personality there's a lot of um want to express but it's it's hidden you know it's it's kind of muted does that resonate with you it does yes um and you have mercury retrograde also in your chart i i actually tend to really like this one um, because, and I was telling Rivka about this, because you have this in your chart too. Um, <laughs> sorry, I didn't mean to just spill the tea. Um, but you know, whenever a planet is retrograde, period, but especially in a birth chart, there's an energy of needing to reflect or reconsider or reevaluate. So sometimes, you know, um, people who have this placement, the way that they learn or the way that they communicate or the way that they um, express is sometimes labeled as neurodivergent or, you know, atypical, or, you know, they might absorb and communicate information in a, in a, a non-traditional way. And I kind of hate labels like that anyway, because like, what is the 
correct or traditional or normal way to process and learn. Um, but Mercury retrograde people tend to be very thoughtful and have really great things to say when they do decide to express themselves. Um, so, you know, I would say for you, please, especially with a Gemini ascendant, that's a huge part of what you, um, what your lens is anyway, like, please don't repress, please don't hold back. Like you have some really amazing, um, insightful things to offer to the world and to those around you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, Thank you, Kendra. This is fun. I love this. I was kind of nervous. Okay. All Are right. Are having fun? Yeah. Okay, one last one. This person was born in Pontiac, Michigan. Hi. Midwest. Another Capricorn ascendant. What is going on? Cap energy strong. Okay. Oh, you and I actually have... Uh, Rising sign at the exact same degree. This is fun. 99, okay. Ooh. <laughs> oh. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Actually, okay, so you have... This is this is interesting. You have Mercury also retrograde in Sagittarius conjunct Chiron conjunct Pluto. Um, that is that is a lot. And then Jupiter is also retrograde. With with something like this, you would do really well, like learning on your own, um, like doing. Um, you know, again, with things like this, sometimes learning in a more traditional environment is not the best, um, even though there you have a high, high aptitude to want to learn a lot, um, especially with uh, Mercury. Is this? No, never mind. I thought it was making an aspect. It's not making. Um, but yeah, um, Mars is right on the ascendant. That is a lot of energy, but it's anxious and it's and it's exalted. It's in Capricorn. You are willing and able to work long and hard. Um, it's squaring your moon. Moon is also in conjunct Saturn. So, you know, whenever I see moon square Mars, that's one where um, you know the the emotional responses we have can be a little. Um, explosive, uh, <laughs> um, sometimes a little combative. Um, you know, this is actually one, cause you're pretty young. You're 20, you're, 22. You'll, you're 22, you'll yeah. be 23. This is one that gets a little bit easier to um, navigate as you get older. I was also telling Rufka, cause Rufka's got some interesting moon Mars stuff going on too. I'm, I am, I'm just spilling all your tea. Um, that, that specifically in like puberty and adolescence, the, everything feels very intense and very dramatic with these kinds of aspects, but it tends to, um, as Mars matures, Mars is one of those planets. It's, it correlates to the first house. It's the it's that ruler of Aries. It's the natural ruler of the first sign, um, and so it's something that you know typically um, needs a little time maturing. Now your Mars is functioning very well because it's exalted and it's in the first house. Um, so you know we do tend to have, like I said, a really good work ethic, good stamina, good resolve. Um, even with these other things in your first house that could create difficulty in that area because you have Neptune, Uranus, and South Node in the first house. So sometimes this can actually diminish our actual uh, physical vitality or, um, you know, make having, you know, a kind of clarity in that area difficult. But with Mars right on the ascendant in a sign it does very well in, you're able to really persevere through any uh, through those kinds of roadblocks that you might experience, um, both actually physically, but also in terms of how, you know, um, how you perceive yourself. Sun is in the 10th on the midheaven, very powerful. Um, 
Pluto and then Mars. What what are you I know you're pretty young, but what are you interested in doing like with your life? Creative writing and like poetry and stuff. Poetry. Yeah, it's my big bag right now. Yeah. That's you have the potential to publish quite a bit. And I'll tell you why. Because one, sun being on the midheaven is very favorable for um, public, like actually, you know, being able to um, be known, you know, publicly. It's in Scorpio, and your midheaven is also in Scorpio. So, and I, I have this one too. So that you'll be known for doing things that, or sharing things that might be more deep or taboo, or um, you know, have an air of mystery or intensity to them. And so this is a funny one because it's there's a desire and a drive to want to put things out there and be seen, but also stay private and hidden because it's Scorpio. <laughs> um, so poetry was a, is a wonderful vehicle for that, right? Because you get to be really vulnerable and, expo and like expose these deeper things. Um, but you know, you're not necessarily like being hunted by the paparazzi when you're a poet, right? Um, also, Moon is in the ninth in Libra, fantastic for wanting to publish anything. Um, and this in the Sagittarius stellium, I will say again, you know, for you um, and Jupiter in the third house. Yeah. Yeah. You're a writer straight up for sure. It's in the stars. <laughs> um, yeah. I would say for you, like, again, doing the, like processing on your own and, and being more reflective and, and, you know, learning it kind of on your own terms is where you really shine. And so I don't know if you've ever had any situations like um, having difficulties with teachers or in school systems or things like that here and there, so-so. Yeah. Just keep, keep true to your own vision for what you want to learn and what you want to explore and what you want to express because that's where you're actually going to find the most success. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks, Thanks, Michael, everybody. Karina, Kendra. <clears throat> So yeah, we've been hanging out, we've been hooliganing hanging out, um, and uh, we had music, we chatted, we had astrology, um, and this is going to be like a monthly thing at the hideout, so um, we'll have different iterations of this, but yeah, if anybody has any questions for Kenya for the new record, um, yeah, we have a question in the back. No, whatever you want, I don't care. Or astrology, or Anything me, if you care. It's about you. Oh! Oh! Um, my question, I don't know how loud this is, so I don't want to like scream into the mic. Um, have you always felt confident being vulnerable as an artist in front of people? Or does that something that you had to grow into? Like, because I believe that writing from your heart and from your mind and your own experiences is cathartic, but also terrifying because of how it could be perceived correctly or incorrectly. Sure. So I guess my question is, how was that journey for you if you started somewhere that might have been more uncomfortable? Wonderful question. Thank What's your name? Jennifer. Thank you, Jennifer, for your question. Um, I do think it is natural for me to write more deep, vulnerable, personal things. Um, and I started writing very, very young, actually started with poetry um, around like five, six, always kept a journal. Um, I will say I did have like, um, I did have perception about like pretty early on about what was um, catchy or you know, what would be successful, like what sounds like a good single, what sounds more like an album cut, you know what I mean? Like I really kind of studied that formula very, very early on. And so I do think sometimes early, when I start first started writing songs, probably around 9, 10, 11, um, I did have kind of that external um, perspective in my mind of like, okay, well, you know, I'll say this because, yeah, I, I mean to say it and it feels good and sounds good to me, but I know that it'll work or I know it'll be received well. Um, and I think I also wrote a little bit more vaguely, even though it still had 
depth. Um, and as I got older, I think it just, that kind of more vague thing of like, this could be about anything, this could be about anyone, I just kind of threw it out. Um, <laughs> you know, because I feel like things don't need to be general to be relatable. Like, um, in fact, I find that the more intensely personal it is, even if the listener doesn't really know what I'm talking about, or I use a phrase that they don't really understand, the sentiment is felt. It's like almost when you're listening to someone speak a different language and you don't necessarily know what they're saying, but you can feel what they're saying. Um, so I think that like the priority of imprinting a certain feeling became more important to me. And so writing more abstractly or writing more personally or writing more, you know, um, with more vulnerability in a more poetic fashion or whatever instead of in a more, this is how you write a song, this rhyme scheme works, this form works, there's eight lines here, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like my forms got weirder, my lyrics got more abstract and deep and poetic, the melodies became more unorthodox, do you know what I mean? But I feel like it still has appeal, be it, probably because of that, because I was just able to develop that deeper. Um, I hope that answered your question. Yeah, yeah. Hello. Hi. Hey, Kurt. I, hey. Um, I uh, first discovered uh, your music when you played at the California Clipper. You did a residency wow, there. Wow, I did. Yeah. That was back in the day. Yeah, and I, I, I just was so impressed with your breadth of like musical knowledge. You made so many references to music that I didn't know about, and I was really grateful for all the things that I was writing down. Um, but I was wondering what your exposure was to that sort of music and how you started curating your exposure to music. Mm, I don't... What was I... I know I did a... Nina Simone night, right? I'm trying to think. I did a Lauren Hill night. I did Ella, oh yeah, the Ella Joe Pass stuff. And then I did a Jill Scott night. Is that, like, I can't believe I, I can't believe I remember that. <laughs> that was like six years ago. Um, yeah, I'm looking at my friend who was like at every single one. Um, I was exposed to so much music early on. I was exposed to music before I was even born. Like, mom, right, you used to hold me, the, your belly up to the speaker, right? And she would play all kinds of stuff. And um, actually, classical jazz, f funk, you know, Motown, like all this stuff, right? And um, my dad, who wasn't, you know, really in my life, but, um, you know, I, I grew up hearing that, you know, he was super, super into jazz. And the interactions I did have with him, he made that like abundantly apparent. Like he was like a jazz aficionado. I feel like, I don't know, I believe in, and I think science has even proved something about the, the imprinting of like cell memory and that being passed on. I, I feel like I kind of inherited that, honestly. Um, so I started getting into jazz specifically in high school because the I went to a performing arts high school, Chicago Academy for the Arts, and we had to study jazz. We had to study classical and jazz. And so my breadth of like classical music, art songs, arias, lida, all of that stuff expanded, but also, you know, really getting into like early jazz, blues, be the you know, the bebop era, free jazz, acid jazz, experimental stuff, more contemporary stuff like uh, was just a part of my world. And then just being in a creative environment with so many, um, not just musicians, because it was a art school that had different departments, but other creatives who were listening to other stuff, m like my world just grew. And then around that time, I started listening to like a lot of um, Indian music and then a lot of music from the Middle East and parts of Africa and it just like expanded and got really into like like Middle Eastern singers because they can fucking sing man and like flamenco singers and like all kinds of stuff and that just continued to deepen when I went to conservatory in college so I actually I, Berkeley no I went to New England Conservatory England, which is like down the street from Berkeley but better. Uh, <laughs> no, no, it's just, it's a little, it's smaller. It's, it's, it's more intimate, more intimate learning environment, which really appealed to me. Um, and so it's funny, like, I know people sometimes say, like, um, 
you know, the whatever, being in institutionalized uh, academic settings for music can be problematic, and it certainly can. But because I was in an environment that was like specifically for art, it just it culturally enriched my life so much. I will say I don't think people should have to be in those spaces to have access to that kind of stuff. Like I wish more of that was just av av made more readily available um, to the masses. Um, but yeah, just being super immersed in creative spaces and being honestly obsessed with music. I mean, I, there were periods of my life where that is all I did was listen to music day in, day out, so. Thank you. Yeah. We can have one more, if someone. I have like a quick question. It honestly should barely count, but are your books open at all? Is there somewhere we can yes. find like your tarot, I mean, not uh, your astrology like? Yes, absolutely. It, I will, um, I'm about to launch a site where you'll be able to just go and schedule, which I'm excited for, it's almost done. God help me, I'm doing it on my own. Be patient with me. <laughs> but in the meantime, if you email double Venus Astro, so literally the word double Venus and then just Astro for short instead of astrology, at gmail.com, let me, you know, let me know what you're thinking. I can send you um, my services and rates and we can definitely get something on the books. We'll post about it on Hooligan. Yeah. Um, follow a Kenya on Instagram. It's also double Venus Astro. Um, on Instagram. Right. Uh, There's as the well. Kenya Music and then Double of Venus Astro. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And like, she's very open. So, I like, am. I am book right now. her. <laughs> I'm like, open. Yeah. For promote sure. her, book her. Um, yeah. Cool. Well, this has been so fun. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Thanks. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Thanks for letting me read you. <laughs> <laughs> next month um, we'll have be here again and I would love to see you all back here um, we're going to be doing more of these so yeah follow Hooligan Mag follow Kenya follow Double Astro Double Astro Venus Double Venus Astro Double, double Venus, Venus Astro, Astro. Um, Double Venus Astro and yeah thank you Hideout and thanks for being here thanks everyone